Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we're playing Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger, and today I'm chatting with my good friend, Travis Hettenbach. He's one of our leaders in the Legends group, our Legends family, as we call it, and he's got a cool story. He lost his job, was fired, and had no income coming in. He was working on using unemployment uh, to try to make ends meet, finally found his way into selling online. He bought a franchise for a while, did that, was not successful at that, and then started selling on Amazon in about 2016 and uh, has done really well with that. Um, he's got an awesome story because he talks about, you know, some of the failures that he's had. None of uh, none of the people that you see that are successful um, in any of these groups that uh, I'm a part of, I mean, it's always been, you know, there's things that have gone wrong. Failure happens. Failure is, in my mind, it's it's not it's not final. It is a um, an opportunity. It is a a, a way uh, you, you find out what didn't work, and so you narrow down to what does work. So don't fear failure. In our business with uh, selling physical products online and trying new things online, there's going to be things that don't work, and I don't look at that as a, a bad thing. It's like okay, I didn't, let's not do that. Let's do something else. You know, further refine until figure you until you figure out what it is it uh, is going to be working for you. So awesome episode. He has lots of nuggets on things that uh, he's doing in his business. He went in, into how he finds profitable products, what he would do if he was in a store. He says he has a ton of replens, sells a lot of things from Walmart. And so um, I typically tear, steer people away from Walmart because there are, there are so many sellers that can have access to that. I typically, typically try to find uh, things that are um, at regional stores and I steer people towards those types of things that are gonna be different from all the other sellers out there. But Travis is a poster child for somebody that is doing really well at Walmart and has lots of replenishable items there. We even dug into the subject of cryptocurrency and decentralized finance. And Travis is actually doing really, really well, making about $160 a day uh, in some crypto investments that he has. And if you want to learn more about that, I actually partnered with a guy um, named Travis Peters on a course, a crypto crash course. So if you, you've heard you heard about crypto, trying to figure out you know where you fit in there, do you want to know more about it, kind of dip your toe into that water, that course is perfect for that. Just to learn uh, what, you know, what what in the world is this crypto space, how to get into it, we break it down pretty simply. Uh, especially with the decentralized finance part of it and some of these protocols. But uh, that pro that uh, course is very helpful for that. If you want to learn more about that, there's will be a link in the show notes below. So tons of great information on this episode. Uh, you will learn a lot. Um, and I really enjoyed having Travis on my show. Here's my interview with Travis. Travis, welcome to Streams of Income. So good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having yeah, me. I'm surprised. I know you were on an episode a while back, but it was with some three a couple other people i've never just talked to you privately so um you've been a member member of legends i think since like the beginning of it almost the very beginning i think i was a little slow to get in there but pretty early yeah uh -huh. so tell me your story just go take me back to how when you got started selling online or you have other entrepreneurial stuff before that you want to talk about i'm open whatever you want to yeah, I won't bore you too deep, but um, yeah, my my uh, my entrepreneurial spirit actually started clear back when I was a little bit of a kid. You know, my mom has owned her own business 
since I was born, basically. So mm-hmm. I, I grew up in a retail environment here. I'm, I'm in Wichita, Kansas, for those that don't know. But, uh, you know, I grew up in the retail environment since I was a baby. I, I think I think I did tell this story once at a, at a legend reunion of my first attempt at sales. Uh, one of the, one of the customers in mom's store was wandering around and you know, I'm, I'm barely, barely old enough to walk and talk. And apparently I tried to sell them something that wasn't terribly appropriate uh, for this <laughs> older, older couple that was there. But, uh, cause my mom, it was a novelty shop. And so there's all kinds of little goofy gag gifts and stuff yes. like that. But anyway, so kind of, kind of, uh, embarrassed her a little bit, but that was the start of it all. So yeah, I, I grew up with that and my, you know, my dad has owned, uh, you know, rentals for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, I just kind of grew up in that environment, but I didn't do it right away. You know, I, in college, I took some entrepreneurship classes, I actually ended up with a, a minor entrepreneurship, if you can believe that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I went straight into the corporate world. I was a software developer. I did that for about 14 years. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they uh, apparently they got tired of me. So I got escorted out the door. Uh, and uh, so that kind of started my journey into actually owning my own business, which I knew at some point I would yeah. just didn't realize it was going to be under those circumstances, but it's totally cool. I, it, yeah. it was, did you have anything going up to that point to that abrupt, or did you have to like, Oh no, I'm abrupt. out of a job. Now I got to figure out what to do. It was very abrupt. I did wow. not have anything. I didn't even have any side hustles or anything like that. I mean, I had an eBay account, you know, at the time, but this was, uh, ooh, I'm trying to remember, was it 2011? I can't even remember. It's been so long ago. I think it was 2011. Anyway, um, you know, but I hadn't done any real sales or anything like that. So it, it was very abrupt and I needed to find something very mm. quickly. In fact, I, I did shop my resume around for a little bit and just didn't see anything too exciting and yeah. decided I better look at business opportunities. So uh, I actually got uh, connected with a franchise broker, uh, okay. looked at some different franchises and ended up starting a franchise on an LED lighting business um, uh-huh. and uh, was not very successful at that either. So. <laughs> Uh, it, it struggled along for several years, and uh, that's actually what got me started in selling online mm-hmm. uh, because I had all this old inventory, and I was trying to figure out what to do with it, and in the process of, of looking for different places to sell it, I was like, okay, well, I might be able to sell it on, on eBay or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a funny story. I, the office that I'm in now, uh, there was a gentleman across the street who was having a garage sale, so I just randomly walked over there one day and checking mm-hmm. something out. You know, I've got, I've got time, and... Uh, I started talking to him and he was on crutches, you know, at the time. And so I was asking him how it's going. And he was like, yeah, I just quit my full-time job to sell, to sell full-time on eBay. And wow. I, probably the look I gave him was like, are you crazy? <laughs> what are you doing? Why, why would you put a full-time job to sell on eBay? You know, cause the, I didn't think eBay really had that much going on. I, you know, right. I had heard a little bit about Amazon at the time. And so anyway, just the, that conversation, a lot of other stuff led me to do searches obviously. Mm-hmm. And, in the process of doing all of those searches somewhere in the ads that were then returned on Facebook, I got an ad. I was pretty sure it was for one of Jim Cochran's deals. Okay. And then, uh, and then RA the easy way, uh, of course popped up with, mm. with Danny's name on it. So that's what actually got me connected wow. with all of you guys. Uh, and I sold a couple of things of my old led lights on Amazon. I sent them in and sold them. And, uh, I'm like, well, this, this could be a thing. So I decided I would, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a big, um, black Friday shopper. So uh-huh. I decided, well, surely I can find some deals on black Friday and sell those. Right. So my first big foray, uh, was to go into, uh, go into black Friday and, and hunt down deals for that and see what I could sell mm-hmm. and, uh, did okay at it. I actually had some pretty good success. I and mean, there's the cat. Hey, and, no problem. <laughs> 
And uh, so anyway, um, you know, the rest is kind of history from there after I figured all that out and started following RA the easy way, uh -huh. eventually obviously morphed into replens and all of that. And so uh -huh. here we are. Gosh, what is it? Is it been six years, seven years? I can't even, I have to go back and look wow. and see how it started. So it's however long it's been. How, I can't even remember. How long has Legends been a We thing? started the, that webinar that we called RA the Easy Way was December of 2016. Okay. So it had to have been, it had to have been right there. So that's, you know, it'll be six years this December, right? So wow. yeah. So I, I probably had an account a little bit before that. So it's probably been six, maybe almost seven years since I, uh since i started so wow yeah. when you lost your job or did you have money saved up that made it less stressful or is it like oh my goodness i'm in trouble now or well yes and no i mean so i i worked at a corporate environment where i had a nice big 401k uh -huh. um you know not ideal but obviously i did have to dip into that for a little while because it mm -hmm. we, it went several months before i really i mean i was i was fired in january and i didn't actually start my led lighting business until june wow. um but we didn't even have our real uh, we didn't even have a real soft open until November of that year. So it, it was quite a while. Um, and that that was uh, it, it was stressful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it was not fun. I mean, there, there was no real income coming in. Um, I, I filed for unemployment and got unemployment mm. for a little bit, which is, you know, it's not, not much. It's a drop right? the to what you actually. Yeah. Need, but I guess it's better than nothing. So, wow. Uh, Anyway, yeah, it, uh, it it was definitely stressful, um, but uh, you know we pushed through it and made mm -hmm. it that far. And uh, e even though with all of that said and done, the, the LED business really did never it never took off. Um, I never really got the support that I felt like I should have had from the franchise. Mm -hmm. uh, so eventually, I just kind of left that behind. It yeah. kind of turned into a side hustle once once my Amazon business really took off. It just kind of turned into a side hustle. Sure. Yeah. What was the first few things that you sold on Amazon? Was it those lights or something different? I think it was the lights. Yeah. I think that was one of the first things I tried as I had some stuff that I knew wasn't selling locally. Uh -huh. um, you know, when we, when I bought the franchise, they send you a whole bunch of inventory at first. Um, I say send, you actually purchase it. So I purchased yeah. a whole bunch of inventory right. and a lot of it never sold after several years. And so I, I decided, well, I got to, you know, it's pennies on the dollar, but I got to do something to recover some cash. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that was the first thing uh, was a few of those things and then realized, you know, this might be a way to go about this. Uh, and that's kind of what led me down the path of trying to figure out, well, can I get wholesale deals? Um, I did do a uh, I did do a private label experiment that uh, failed hard. Uh, so <laughs> you know, we don't we don't have to go too deep into that. I don't want to bore you. But uh, just like most stories you hear, the first private label uh, thing did not go well, yeah. which is kind of a bummer because the, I did the research, you know, I've. I, went jungle scout and i did all those things back then I did a lot of did a lot of youtube and a lot of research uh -huh. and whatnot. i actually found a product that was selling um and it started to sell organically which was you know fantastic yeah and then the ip complaint came oh no uh, i had a i had a, a copyright infringement um I, I think i've told this story before but it's it was the uh, little light up balloons like you pull the little tab and the balloons light up and whatnot uh, the, the copyright infringement was on the little pull tab. The little pull tab had a specific color and a specific design. And that was the, that was the thing that was copyrighted. So I had thousands of, and I still have thousands of balloons that had that little pull tab in them, you know, and there's really nothing you can do. It's not like I can, 
take all those pull tabs out and put them, put something else in there. Cause that's, you know, that's integral to the design and that's, right. that's what starts to light. So, oh, man. Uh, so it was a bummer because I, you know, honestly, I, it was starting to, it was starting to uh, run successfully. There were some organic mm-hmm. sales and, and all that. And about mm-hmm. that time is when the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> so when you got into the legends group, that was pretty early in your selling career, right? Right, right. Yeah, because yeah, I was looking for a way. I, I understood the idea. We didn't call it replens back then, but I understood yeah. the idea of if I can keep buying something over and over and reselling it, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And I actually had, I actually had something at that time from Walmart that I was doing that with. Okay. In fact, I still. I, I was going to ask you, do you still have any of those original replens? Okay, that's awesome. Do, yeah, one, one of my very first replens, one of my best all-time sellers. I still am getting it. That's so, awesome. Yeah, believe it or not, I am. Wow. So, yeah. A six-year-old replant. That's kind of rare, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Unless it's yeah. wholesale that you have an exclusive on or your private label, but like the, you're talking about something that you buy at a different at yeah. a store, Walmart. Wow. Yeah, I go to the, I go to Walmart, load up the cart with it, and bring it, bring it back and sell it. And I That's and incredible. I can I, I can sell as many as I can load in my cart. Really? I'm not going to ask you what it is, but like, do you have? A, is there a lot of sellers on that all the time? Is like, or you want, kind of one of the only ones? Yeah, there didn't used to be. There's a lot more than there used to be now. Yeah, wow. it's it's of course it's weird too. Is you know obviously now you see with all the cost of goods going up, it's crazy. Because I I have I know what my original cost was on that item, and I think we're double what we used to be now with everything wow. going on. So uh, at least double, if not more. But Gosh. yeah, it's uh, it for a long time I was one of the there was other sellers on it, but there weren't very many, and uh, it just slowly went up and up. And there's there's still quite a few sellers on it now, mm-hmm. but. Um, it's one of those things, believe it or not, it's actually getting harder and harder to find. Mm. Um, you know, I can't figure out if there's actual shortages or exactly what's going on, but mm. I mean, I'm sure everybody else that's Amazon seller sure. seeing that there's certain items that you just have a hard time getting, uh, yeah. especially quantities of. So, sure. But, Is that, anyway, so, I'm yeah. sure you've already been down this road since you have wholesale background. Is that something that you could look for, for whole, at, at a wholesale place or this particular item? I would not be able to, but similar okay. items I could. Got but, it. I haven't I haven't pursued that too too hard. I, yeah. To be totally honest, I really don't have too many wholesale items that I'm that I'm doing right now. I have a few, uh, no exclusives. I just you know mm-hmm. I kind of focus on what I can get locally and um, sure. you know I can find some wholesale sources for the same things. I do that too. But do you find yeah. so um, do you have a lot of uh, replans at Walmart? I do. Uh, yeah. So do you find that it's almost no, it's is it hard to find sources? For those wholesale that beat the Walmart price, it is. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy to think that too. But you know, with Walmart's buying power, I mean, shoot, if you even if you just Google, you know, that item, whatever it is you're looking for, man, it's mm-hmm. some of some of the wholesale prices from distributors is higher than what you can buy it at at mm-hmm. Walmart. And if it's not higher, it's so close that it's kind of like, what's the point? If I can just right. go down to local Walmart and buy it, yeah. You know, why why would I spend uh, time hunting for it online and waiting for it to ship to me. And then, you know, I'm just, I can go down to Walmart. I've got in Wichita, do we have six Walmarts or something? Wow. Crazy like that? I don't know how many we have. I, I've got, I've got a Walmart that's within, I think three miles of me here. We've got the neighborhood Walmarts. I mean, there's just, there's no shortage of Walmarts. Yeah. So it just seems silly to go spend all that, all that energy and time, uh, you know, ordering stuff and waiting on it uh, sure. for it to come in. 
and I can go down to the store today and buy it and ship it tomorrow. Yeah. Whenever I talk to newer sellers, Travis, I try to tell them, I try to find out what's unique about them, their background, their past life, careers, or maybe their region. Because I, I try to say, I say that there are sellers like you that can find products at Walmart, but let's find a regional store or maybe you have an uncle that owns a factory or will sell that you didn't even think about. They, people don't make these connections until they start selling online. Like, Oh, right. my uncle owns a restaurant. My goodness. Now he has access to all these grocery products. So if I was brand new, um, where would, what would you coach me? How would you, where'd you, cause it's so you walk into a store like Walmart and it's like so overwhelming. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of products. Um, by now you you can probably find something profitable anywhere you go because you know what you're looking for. But when help the new person that's listening to this, I was like, gosh, I just I don't even know where to start. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the hardest things is getting so overwhelmed, especially in a store like Walmart. So I, I guess the, the the advice I would give or the coaching I would give is what what specifically about it is overwhelming? Is it just the size of the store? Because it is for me, I, you know, if I walk into Walmart, even today, after I've been doing this for so long to stand at the end of the aisle and look down there, man, that that's overwhelming to go. There's a, there's a whole aisle of stuff. I need to go and figure out if there's refunds down there and just to be totally honest with you, I don't want to do that. I don't right. want to stand in that aisle for three hours. Right. I don't want to stand in that aisle for one hour. I, right. I, I don't, I don't have the, yeah. <laughs> the, so do you, do you take pictures and go back to the office and, re- and okay yep. and look at the yep. I and I I don't even take pictures of everything right okay. now I I take pictures of I I don't even know how to explain it, it there if stuff jumps out at me or it looks interesting I take pictures of that or if it's something okay. else like I've never noticed that one before or no. I notice that one every time I come here but I've never actually looked it up I, that's okay. the kind of stuff I look for. Yeah. So I guess my advice would be is figure what what specifically about it is overwhelming. If it's the size of the store, then narrow it down. Either go into Walmart and pick one aisle or one end of the aisle and just focus on that only and then yeah. leave, right? Yeah, don't good. don't get burnout. I think that's the I think that's I the, the key here is don't get burnout. Don't go into Walmart and spend 4 hours hunting for stuff and then come home or back to the office and spend three more hours trying to figure it out and then only come away with one replens because that's going to be super frustrating yeah. and you're going to burn out very, very fast. Yeah. Um, go into Walmart. I remember Danny even talking about this a little bit too. You know, don't, don't spend hours in there. Go into Walmart, spend, set a time limit. If it's an hour, if it's 30 minutes, whatever it is, go in there, pick one section for 30 minutes, look everything up that in that section and then leave. Don't do anything else. Just get out of there because yeah. if that, if that's you, if you're, cause I'm like, I know in talking with, with Jimmy and those guys, a lot of times they would spend hours and going up and down the aisle. Right. I, I just, I can't do that. Right. So, you know, figure out what works for you, but that's what I would yeah. do. I, okay. I go pick one section, uh, a 10 foot section or a six foot section or whatever it is, mm-hmm. take pictures of everything or hunt it right there or whatever works for you. The mm-hmm. other thing I would say is don't go to Walmart. Mm-hmm. Go to, I know you were kind of hinting at it, but pick a regional store. E- even if as you're looking in the regional store, the items are, higher priced in other words the the price that they're selling them at is not profitable that doesn't mean you can't go buy them somewhere else because there's a pretty good chance that you still may be able to find those items at walmart or somewhere else right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. go to a regional store that's smaller find those items and then figure out if you can figure figure out if you can buy them somewhere else uh at a at a price that is profitable yeah 
just because whatever item you're looking up is not profitable doesn't mean that's the end of the search for you, right? Yeah. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've, I mean, even because I I use um, I use the legendary VAs for some of the stuff that I'm hunting, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes they'll post something for me to look at. It's like, well, that's not profitable, but I wonder if I can find it somewhere else, you know? And I'll yeah. go look at it, and you know, just in in the in the quick search of, I mean, sometimes it's just as simple as searching the title of that thing. Mm-hmm. And you get a list of the, I, I rarely go past the first page because usually the first, first page, maybe two are the retail places that carry that item and shoot. Sometimes you can even see the price right there on the Google return. Yeah. I, I, I do it that way. If I can't yeah. find that item profitably, I move on. I keep moving. Yeah. I, I think that's the thing too, is don't get so bogged down in the weeds that you're, you know, you're trying to, you're spending 10 minutes hunting down one item. Yeah. I don't do that. I, I try to limit it to just a minute or two and then I keep yeah. moving. So if we walked into a Walmart together and let, let's say, I know honey woods will tell people to uh, find a section that you have interest in or you know about. So let's, I'm not a fisherman, but I use that example a lot. So let's walk into the fishing aisle of Walmart. Um, and, let's say we're going to spend 30 minutes in that section and we're, we're by the, the reels and the lures and the bait and all that stuff. What, how would you walk me through what we're actually going to do? Like we have our phones. Um, we've got a sourcing app, like maybe the Omni rocket or Amazon seller, the Amazon seller app. What are we typing in? Cause I like walk me what that, what does that look like? Yeah. Well, I go back to the old school way that, that Danny always taught and that's the reverse, you know, the reverse lookup. I mean, I, the reverse sourcing. I search it by title first. Um, I I still scan stuff just because yep. I want to see if it gives me a quick return. Uh-huh. Uh, but I I will I will look it up. So if it's a yep. you know I have, I have all my fishing stuffs in my trunk. But uh, if I if I had a if I had a package of lures here that I wanted to see what they were, I would I would probably scan it just to see what happens because you know there's nothing wrong with scanning something. Right. And it's a quick return. It gives me a gives me results in a matter of seconds. If it looks like that's profitable, that's great, but don't stop there. I would then go back and, and then search by the title of it too. So if it's a, uh, I, I'm a, I fish, but I couldn't tell you name brands of anything. To Me either. With. Um, I know Strin is a, used to be a, a brand of line. So if you were looking for this, you'd say, uh, I want a Strin five pound line, you know, search for it that way. Strin five pound fluoro line, mm-hmm. you know, hundred yards or whatever they sell them in and, um, and see if that returns anything. Uh, because even, even if it doesn't return that item that you have in your hand, there might be an item right there on the shelf next to it that you're looking for too. Cause I, yeah. again, I can't tell you how many times I've found something like that. It's like, I'm looking for this one and I do a, I do a search on my phone and I find it's like, well, this one that I've got in my hand isn't there, but I come across something else. It's like, well, that's selling pretty fast. It looks like there's some pretty mm-hmm. good profit. Oh yeah. There that, there that is right there on that aisle too. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that I, I still absolutely subscribe to the reverse sourcing method for sure. Yeah. I, I still scan stuff, but I, it's not my primary method. I use it as a quick, just to get results quickly and scan mm-hmm. through them and then move on. And then I do my reverse sourcing that way. But I, awesome. I do, as you mentioned earlier, I do most of my sourcing when I'm back at my desk. So for okay. me, I probably wouldn't stand on the aisle. I would go and take pictures uh-huh. um, and I would take a reasonable number of pictures, right? I'd go, you know, maybe pick a three foot section because the lures, you know, there's going to be hundreds of them. Uh, you know, so I would, uh, I try to, I try to make my work as minimal as possible. So if I can take a picture of it so that you can see the price mm-hmm. and the name brand and the size or whatever it is that we're talking about, mm-hmm. cause like with grocery, you know, you need to know the, the size and whatnot. I try to take one mm-hmm. picture that shows me all of those details Yeah. And I try to take a picture wide enough that I can have multiple items in my picture. 
yeah. I can zoom in and out. And then when I get back to my desk, I'll pull it up. Uh, and then I use, um, I use rev seller. I'm, mm-hmm. I know we've talked about that quite a few times, but, yep. um, that's, that's my go-to for figuring out if it's profitable and all that. So I, mm-hmm. I hunt down the listing on Amazon and I poke in my, my cost into rev seller. And if it pops up and it looks mm-hmm. like it's profitable, then I add it to my list. Yeah. Um, and I usually, what I do, I use inventory lab. Mm-hmm. So I'll create a, I'll create a, what I call a fines. Uh, batch inventory lab <clears throat> and add all those items to that mm-hmm. uh, submit it so I get all my MSKUs out of it and then I go back the next time I go back to Walmart then I'll you know I'll pick up two or three of them or whatever it is awesome. I, I very rarely buy more than one or two of an item unless it just looks like it's a pretty obvious uh, pretty obvious seller I've, I've actually been a little more conservative lately than I used to be uh, mm-hmm. I kind of had a formula that like if there was if there was between, you know, like five and 15 sales a month, I'd probably buy like two or three. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there was, if there was fewer, cause I actually don't mind those slow sellers at all. I mean, yeah. if I, cause I'm, a, I'm at Walmart multiple times, you know, so if, if there's one that's only selling a couple of times a month, I'll, I'll buy one while I'm in the aisle. It's not yeah. like I'm making a special trip for it. Sure. So buy one while I'm there, throw in the basket. Cause I'm yeah. going to have a full basket by the time I leave anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, most of my new ones, I'm going to test with two or three, sometimes five. If I'm really, you know, there's those, it's like this, this thing is, you know, the price is, is consistent. It's mm-hmm. selling, you know, 40 a month, which really means it's probably selling 80 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll usually go a little deeper on those, but very rarely will I go over five. I can't, yeah. can't imagine. I can't even think of any recent examples I've ever gone over five on my initial test buy. Mm-hmm. How many different SKUs do you have right now, approximately? Um, I can tell you. I can tell it to you a different way. I I use the Replen dashboard, uh-huh. and my shopping list for today, I think, had three hundred SKUs on it that I need wow. to buy. And so those are all replens, things you've sold. Those are, those are all replens. Wow! Yeah. And when you walk into a yeah. store to replenish those, um, are you always looking for? Is do you have a certain goal? I want to find X number of new things to test every time I shop, or every week, or every month. Sometimes, yeah. I I'm not as consistent with that as I used to be. I normally, I, it, it's kind of one of those things that lately things have just been busy enough that sometimes all I have time for is just grabbing the stuff that's on my list and getting out. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and frankly, I'm compared to some of the other sellers, I'm, I'm not as big. I don't have as much volume as some of the others. So, you know, 300 SKUs uh, is probably small compared to some of the other replens hunters out there. I, I guarantee you, you know, folks like, uh, Kate and Jimmy and those guys, they're, they're probably hunting for six or 800 or more. But, yeah. um, yeah, I, I, I try to at least take a few minutes each time I'm there to take pictures of a couple of things, but I won't mm-hmm. typically stop and hunt for something right there unless it just for some you know every once in a while there's this gut feeling it's like there's something about this item that kind of interests me i'll hunt it down right there and yeah. see if i can shoot something but yeah. normally i might try to take a few pictures and then go hunt them later when i'm back at my desk or when i have some free time that makes sense do you do a decent amount of grocery i do yeah, yeah. so like if yeah. you walk down an aisle and you see a, a an exclusive or a, a limited edition something does that always catch your eye a limited edition version of oreos or yeah or whatever it it does you know it's weird lately it doesn't seem like there's as much of those to me anyway um i i'm just thinking the last couple of years 
you know, we're getting we're getting into Q4, so I'll just say the word pumpkin spice. Obviously, mm-hmm. everybody always looks for pumpkin spice. Yeah. For whatever reason, last year, I didn't see as much as I used to. Uh, there used to be this one specific pumpkin spice item that I bought every year. Every Walmart that I went to, I'd buy every single one that I could get off the shelf. And the last couple of years, I haven't been able to find it. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what that's all about. I don't know if it's just a supply issue or if they've changed the way they're doing things. Wow. I, I don't know what's going on. But um, limited, limited edition always has an interest because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but the thing about it is that also piques other sellers' interest too. Sure. So there's usually plenty of people on that trying, trying to get it sold. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means, you know, keep that in mind when you're hunting it. Uh, yeah. You know, you may see the number of sellers go up and the price go down, but as long sure. as you've got enough margin in there. And, and for that, do you just down. hang on to those types of things and wait for everybody else to sell out, or do you? Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of holding inventory. Um, uh-huh. I I've I used to do this a uh, few reunions ago. I think I did a presentation on this about yeah, holding inventory. That. Yeah. Um, the the ROI on your inventory. You know, if you hold it and let's say you end up making, uh, I don't, I used to have the numbers. I don't have them in my head anymore, sure. but you know, let's say, you know, you hold it. You, if you could sell it right now, you make five bucks. If you could hold it for three months, you could make 10 bucks. Well, the five bucks right now is more valuable to you than the 10 bucks. In yes. Especially going to invest that in something else and turn it over again. Yep. Yeah. Cause I, yeah. cause I can turn that five bucks into 15 bucks probably by the time I would have had the 10 bucks in my yeah, hand. Yeah. So, very good. Uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of holding on to stuff. I never have been. Um, yeah. I, I, like I said, we did that presentation a while back. I had the math on it and mm-hmm. you can always plug in different numbers and it always depends, right? I mean, if you, if you have a huge difference in the profit, I mean, if you have something that's not profitable right now mm-hmm. and it has a bunch of profit in a couple of months, that's something else. But yeah. you know, there, I think the reason that topic came up was because, a lot of people were buying like Christmas stuff on clearance the day after Christmas and then holding it until next year. Yeah. I don't, like that. Okay. I, I'm not a fan of that at all. Yeah. I don't want that money tied up. Uh, I, I'd rather have that money in my hand. I, I don't want to type my inventory money that I could be buying more replens with right now uh, and having to sit on it for, you know, six to nine months. I, I have no interest in that personally. Yeah. Some people like to do that. I don't, I don't sure. like doing it. Or putting it into something else that we'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, last question about the Amazon stuff, and then we'll transition, yeah. and we'll let you go here. Um, Black Friday. You mentioned you're you're a big Black Friday seller. Do you still go around and do all the clearance stuff at Q4? Um, I do. I awesome. Um, I yeah. do a little bit of clearance stuff, but I definitely do a whole lot of Black Friday stuff. Okay. Yeah, I, Black Friday is an event for me. It, it's been an event since I've you know since before I did any of this Amazon stuff. I'm. I, I remember I was telling somebody this story the other day. I remember back in the day when everything was rebates for Black Friday, right? Uh-huh. You know, you'd have to go, you'd go to Best Buy and you'd buy a, a stack of CD cases, mm-hmm. and there'd be a rebate on them. So you, you, this is free after rebate as long as you send the rebate in. Mm-hmm. I was that guy who came home with a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't need, but it was free because of the rebate. Mm-hmm. You forgot to send in the rebates. Oh gosh. <laughs> So I had a whole bunch of silly stuff that was supposed to be free. And then I forgot right. to send them rebates in time. And so I'm really yeah. glad now that you don't have to send in those rebates anymore. It's, Do you have a strategy for Black Friday um, that you follow? Um, I, I try to look at the sales, you know, ahead of time. So, you know, usually by mid-November, everybody has their stuff published. Um, mm-hmm. I, I still get up on... Uh, Thanksgiving day and I'll go grab a paper and look at it again. And I will, I will sit down with the paper and I'll go through and I'll, in fact, I, I'm 
pretty much almost hunt every item in that are that's in the ad, unless it's just something obvious. Like I'm not I'm not gonna hunt TVs or anything like that. But if it's smaller stuff and it looks like it's a pretty good deal, I'll I'll look up I'll, and I'll reverse source almost every item that's in the ad. So I'll mm-hmm. I'll put all those down. And if it looks like it's something that uh, can be profitable, mm-hmm. uh, then I'll add it to my shopping list. And when I go out, you know, the next day, I'll I'll try to buy it. So um, that's kind of my method. I'll I'll try to hunt them down, you know, the week or two before. But it seems like there's always stuff coming out like last minute. Although I say that now Walmart's doing this deal where they have had sales kind of leading up to Black Friday mm-hmm. uh, to kind of lower the big rush on Black Friday, uh, which was yeah. really, really strange. This last year, I went to Walmart on Black Friday. Uh-huh. There was no line. I, wow. I have a picture of the aisle in uh-huh. Walmart looking down the aisle. Yeah. One of their main aisles. And there's like three people in, in the aisle. It was, I was like... Did I sleep through Black Friday? Is this wow. what is this? I was like, is this I what happened? Oh I was like, it, was it the rapture? I missed it. Right. What happened? Oh no, <laughs> I, like, I missed it. <laughs> like, what in the world oh, is going gosh. on? So it was it was wow. so weird because you know, like I said, I, I've been doing Black Friday for 20, 20 plus years. Uh-huh. More, probably more than that, almost 30 years. Um, but uh, and it's always this mad rush. And I walked into Walmart and there was nobody there. I I seriously wow. Something was wrong. I'm Something's like, wrong in the world. Something happened. I don't. I missed it. I don't know what happened. Apparently, that was. Uh, oh my gosh! So, yeah. Wow. 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 Okay, let's chat about the the cryptocurrency. So that's something that you and I have been messing around with. Um, I, yeah. I've I've been on been I started I think Bitcoin for me. I think I bought it in 2017. Bought a tiny little bit, and but now we're learning more about. You know the DeFi space, decentralized right. finance. I don't want to go too deep on this because some people are like super interested or like super bored with talking about this. But um, what I guess, tell me quickly your crypto journey, kind of some of the things that you're doing right now with that, and uh, right. then we'll just wrap this up. Um, I'd have to go and look and see my portfolio, but I did up up until this year um, when we first started talking about uh, this new DeFi stuff. The extent of my crypto knowledge was. Buy a coin, hold it, hope yes, it goes. Me that's, too. That's all I knew. Um, and I, I had some luck with that because I bought, you know, I bought Bitcoin uh, years ago. I don't remember when it was, when it was pretty low, and it got a little bit higher. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to sell it. And then of course it went way up, and I'm like, yeah. well, that sucks. I should have kept some more of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and I bought in again, and I kept it, and I bought, you know, I ended up doing okay with that. And I, I'm actually, I think right now, even though Bitcoin is down right now. I think I'm still in a positive position on my Bitcoin. I don't have very much of it, you know, sure. I, um, but I have, I have enough that I've made some money on it if I yeah. decide to sell it. So, um, but yeah, and, and that's all I knew about crypto until I knew about mining, obviously. And I knew that uh, you could do that. And I knew there was uh, a lot of energy and whatnot wrapped up in that. And I've never tried it. Um, but yeah. uh, that, I mean, that was I mean, the extent of my knowledge until this year when we started talking about all this other passive income strategy. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So, yeah, so let's try to unpack that for somebody that's not, uh, there's so much, this is, I mean, I'm, I'm still learning just like, I think well, I heard somebody say that like, Hey, we're all new to this. So right. even the people who have been doing this longer or the, the quote YouTube gurus on the, they're, they're new too, but essentially right. there's all these other, there's another world called decentralized finance and it's completely outside of our normal. Li- these these projects live on the blockchain, and um, there's uh, uh, opportunities to make a crazy amount of money. 
And so I don't know, how would you, if I, you know, I feel like I'm not the best, I'm still learning. So I don't feel like I'm the best explaining this. I can explain how to sell on Amazon to anybody, but what, what, what would you tell, you know, your grandma, like <laughs> what all this is? Um, you know, it's hard. Uh, cause I don't, I don't know that I'm the best person to try to explain it either. Cause like you said, I'm, I'm learning too. I, there's a lot about it that I don't understand. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'll just say that right now. Yeah. Um, but I also know that there's a lot about it that I don't need to understand in order to make strategic decisions and make money out of it. That's right? correct. Yes. Um, so I, I guess, let me say that first. You don't need to be a crypto expert right. to be able to make money of this. Right. Um, so if you, if you ask me to give someone the basics of how crypto works and what it does to be mm-hmm. totally honest with you, I don't know that I could um, yeah. I, I understand at an extremely conceptual level, uh-huh. um, but I, I don't know that, you know, if, if like if my kid asked me or, you know, my neighbor asked me, hey, how does crypto work? I I would probably butcher it so bad that it just would. Yeah, I think I would, too. I'd probably say something like, remember the days of Napster and the music where right. the where it all all the music lived on all these other all these computers all over the world. I think that uh, like with Bitcoin, all these computers can write the code and it it nobody can mess with it because it lives on. It doesn't live in one place. It's decentralized. Right. It's all over. It, it lives in all these places all at the same time. And so you can't like hack it. And uh, I mean, somebody's yeah. listening to this like, man, you guys are doing a horrible job of describing this. And yes, I understand. Right. But um, well, you've, you've got multiple you've got multiple systems around the world that are yeah. validated same time correct you know that i think that's that's the 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 decentralized part of it as well is that everything that's happening is also being re-verified across multiple systems and multiple places and all that so the idea is that not one person or one entity or one system has any complete control over anything it's that it it exists in multiple places so that now what happens if they don't match i don't know you know if this one says there's this and this (laughs) one says there's that and something doesn't work. Yeah, there, a referee comes in and decides. <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly know what happens then. But I I'd love to ask them somebody smarter than us on that. Um, <laughs> but then there's these projects that okay. So in you joined the group that um I promoted back in April and uh, actually about to launch it again uh, called Passive Income Engines. And you know I feel like I've asked since and I've learned so much. I feel like the whole group has. It started off like in certain protocols that are mining protocols that. You know, some have done well, most of them really haven't. Um, but now that I feel like my way, it's, I feel, I tell people it's like my Amazon journey. You, you start in and you're like, I don't know what to sell. I'll try everything. I'll test a bunch of stuff and I'll hone in on a strategy. Whereas when most Amazon sellers, they're like, you know, I, I'm a grocery guy or I've really, I really know wholesale really well. So I'll focus on this. For me, I feel like my strategy has been refined to where, I'm loving the like the the bots where it doesn't matter where what the price of these tokens are that it it's trading back and forth and you're able to make money with that. And so like the one we're talking about like stable fund for example, um it's an artificial intelligent bot, right? That we're we're it's actually making those trades for us. And it and it sounds to some people listen to this it sounds crazy, but a 1.5% per day on your money. Right. It does sound crazy. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, where in the world have you ever heard of anything giving you one and a half percent daily? Yeah. Even month. I mean, even monthly, you know, back right. in the day, one and a half percent per month is pretty crazy too. Yeah. Cause what's a, what's a CD now? I mean, is it like 
0.9% annually or something a year. like that. Right. right. So, yeah. 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 So these are, I mean, guys, these are riskier investments. Um, and we, t- we say only risk what you're willing to lose, but um, it's fun learning this. And I feel like crypto is the future, but uh, you said you're like, what, 160 bucks a day or something like that? Yeah. About 160 bucks a day on stable carnival uh, on the BUSD side of it. So that one's going great. You know, I, we were kind of talking earlier before we got started. It's scary though, because you just don't know. I mean, like I said, again, don't risk any money that you're not willing to lose. And and I think I I always tell people I I you know I like to go to Vegas and goof uh-huh. off and I have a couple of buddies that <clears throat> were gamblers and all that. Um, I, I I hate to make the comparison because I know what we're doing is not gambling, but right. you need to treat the money like it is. In other words, you need to assume that you're not getting that money back. Mm. I, that's kind of that's kind of my philosophy. I don't know that everybody will agree with that, but if if you're not willing to not get that money back, you probably should not invest it in crypto. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So and that's tough because some of these projects with some of the high returns that they're talking about, I mean, it's super tempting to just throw a whole bunch of money mm-hmm. at it. Um. I know. I know a lot of people got burned on on the the one that shall not be named. Right. Uh, that uh, <clears throat> you know, and I. I think there's going to be more of them. I, I yeah. really do. You know, there. If if that one will happen, then there's going to be other ones too. Mm-hmm. And I I think the only thing you can do is just assume that uh, you may not get your money back out of it, but mm-hmm. you need to place yourself yourself strategically so that either you're at a point where you're getting your profits back out quickly, and then whatever's left is your plan. We always say you're playing with house money, right? And it's the right. same thing in gambling too. Uh, if you're if you you're betting on the table and whatnot get all your money back off the table so that all you have left is house money, then at least you broke even. Um, mm-hmm. We even talk about it in trading because I'm following a couple of the trading things now too is, uh-huh. you know, get, get your, get your money back. So then all you have is house money. Then you're at a, you're at a zero risk trade. So if you, yeah. if you get to that point in one of your crypto investments where you no longer have any of your own money at risk, um, then you're golden because anything after yeah. that is just, is just pure profit. Yeah. But it's hard to get there. I mean, it's, you know, and it's scary to get there because you just don't know. I mean, like the the, the one that we've been talking about with Swapnex, you know, it, it came and it hit hard and it was exciting and it went away mm-hmm. just as fast as it got there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you just, you just never know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like though, don't you feel like crypto is here to stay though? Like we're, you know, it's like we're at the beginning of this and it's. I do. I, I think as a, as a, general ecosystem or whatever you want to call it i think crypto is here for a long time yeah um it's been here for quite a while i mean i don't know when the i don't know when bitcoin first started i just saw something the other day there was i don't even know how i got into this article the other day there was uh there was a page that was rewarding you with i want to say it was like five bitcoin for responding to a captcha you know some of those page some of the web pages have a captcha on it that yeah. you have to click and say i'm not a robot yeah. Whatever this one particular was that they, they were promoting Bitcoin, you got five free Bitcoin for for oh. solving a caption. Of course, this is you know back in I don't know ten years ago. I don't know when it was. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, so that would have been pretty fantastic. That would have right? been, <laughs> that would have been hundred thousand dollars, right? So anyway, um, wow. I, I do think that crypto is here for quite a while. Yeah, um, I I don't. And again, I'm I'm not an expert, but I, I can't think of anything that would just cause the entire ecosystem to come crashing down and it mm-hmm. no longer exists. Yeah. I, I don't see that happening. Uh, I could be totally wrong, mm-hmm. but I don't see that happening, at least not anytime soon. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, because we, you know, we've been talking about it, like what, if you're trying to explain to somebody, like, let's say you, you know, you've got a, your grandpa and you're trying to explain to him, it's like, oh, it's just funny money. It doesn't even exist. Oh, so those are US dollar, right? That's I mean, right. That's true. It, you know, it used to be backed by gold, but it sure as heck ain't now. I yeah. mean, so even our US dollar is funny money, if you really yeah. think about it. That's it true. just it so happens there's a piece of paper attached to it, but mm-hmm. who uses that anymore? I've, I've got a little bit of cash in my wallet, but I can't tell you the last time I spent cash. We, right. we, went, to, uh, we went to an amusement park uh, this weekend, and everything was cashless. You, don't, wow. you, can't, you can't even use cash if you wanted to. Yeah. I actually heard somebody, they were trying to hand someone cash, and they're like, we don't take cash. You can't, you can't even give us cash. Wow. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that that is crypto, because it's not, but... Mm. That's, moving moving more towards that yeah we're we're dealing with the u.s dollar digitally now and not physically so yeah. it's really not that much different yeah yeah in my opinion yeah so w- with your amazon business you're you're very diversified you got 300 and some SKUs that you're going into you know every week looking to repurchase so are you doing the same thing in the crypto space being diversified yeah, yeah. i'm trying that's to spread it out quite a bit that's good. Um, so we we obviously talking about stable fund, which is backed by the the AI bots that are trading. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got uh, there's one more that I'm in that's like that that mm-hmm. is getting a daily return that has the AI bots in the background. Um, I'm also looking at some that are they are trading, but they're not necessarily crypto trading. So it's other trading uh, yes. like forex and that kind of stuff that's yep. going on behind the scenes. Um, I'm I'm not. In those that I'm talking about, I'm not actively doing the trading. I'm letting uh-huh. them do the trading. Um, I do have one that I am now looking at. Uh, Eight Minute Trader, I think, has probably been mentioned mm-hmm. in our group before. That uh, I am, I'm really, really interested in that one because I think there's a lot to learn to the trading aspect of it. So they yeah. they deal with forex and metals, and uh, they actually don't do a whole lot of crypto, but you can do crypto in there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that would be taking an active role in the trading aspect yeah. of it. So actually placing the trade and then closing the trade. Um, I'm really interested in that because I, I think if if you can gain the knowledge, and this is a big if, right? But if you can gain the knowledge to be successful at it, it really doesn't matter what kind of market you're in. It doesn't, right. it, none of that matters. If you, exactly. Because as if you know anything about trading, you can make money in any kind of market, whether it's a bear yeah. market, a bull market, or a sideways. Right. Uh, as long as you, as long as you know what you're doing, uh, and that's the hard part is yeah. getting all yeah. of that knowledge. Because there's guys that you know, there's guys and gals that have been doing this for years and years that still fail miserably. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going into that very cautiously, and I'm using play money uh, first. Yeah. Um, but I want to learn a lot more about that and see what I can do there. And then that's just another, you know, and that's just going to be one, one tower, one stack in yes. my diversification. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, but between that and I've, I've really gotten away from miners. I'm, I'm yeah. really, to be totally honest with you, I've just got a bad taste in my mouth from yeah, miners. Me too. Me they, too. you know, at first it was like, okay, this kind of makes sense, but I don't really understand. But at the end of the day, when they all rely on Ponsonomics and all that, I just, mm-hmm. they turn me off pretty quickly. Yep. So I agree with you. Um, I, I don't even want to spend the energy because I know, you know, the key to those is getting it early and then getting out. I don't want to have so, to think about that. I, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that. So yeah, I'm, I'm more in the background. We don't have to think about them. Yeah. I've, I've got a couple that I still have some staking in mm-hmm. and basically I just go in once a day and either compound them or take a little bit out and I, mm-hmm. I don't probably do anything else with them. So yeah. um, I'm trying to think of what else I've got going on. Oh, there's one, 
there's one that's doing some gold mining. I'm yeah. That one. Uh, I, I was kind of, I wanted to see how the first month went before I shared that one in the group, but I've got, mm. I've got a little bit in that one as well. Um, I've got, uh, I don't know. We've talked a little bit about yield nodes. I've got mm. a little bit in that one too, yep. which is pretty interesting. If you're not familiar with it, my understanding of it is you are essentially staking your money with, uh, a company who then uh, brings up master nodes on your behalf, and you you get the benefit of those nodes existing on the blockchain. And yeah, and I think uh, isn't a node where the they make money from the transaction fees, right? Yeah. yeah. So that one, you know, and again, that's one of those that market up or down. You make money. Yeah, it doesn't matter. There's gonna be transactions. As long as there's somebody doing transactions, then you know you get something. So yeah, uh, I've got I've got a little bit of that. I think that one, you know, they're it's not as high of a uh, percentage as other stuff, but it's still, you know, their I think their official average is like six or 7% a month, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, I mean, again, you can't get that with any kind of CD or savings account or anything else. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, just trying to, yeah. just kind of trying to spread it out a lot of yeah. uh, some different things like that. For so, sure. Yeah. And they're yeah. saying like that yield nodes, I think is only like, well, it varies, but I said, six to ten percent a month or something like that which yeah. in the DeFi space is not that exciting but to most people listening like whoa how in the world do you get into that so yeah right. guys if this i know i've never ever talked about this on the podcast but if this sounds remotely interesting go to um just go there'll be a link in the description and of this episode where you can learn more I actually have a um, partner with a guy on a, a course uh, for especially perfect for beginners because i'm yeah. still learning and i was a beginner back in march and it'll get you up to speed on this and help you decide which way to go on it. But yeah, it's fun. I'm trying to think of what else I've got. Um, I, there's something else that we just, I just recently looked at, but it slipped my mind right now, but that I'm, I'm like you, I kind of, I, I like the bots because I feel like that's something that can make money regardless of the market. Yes. Um, the, the one that I'm, I'm actually exploring just today uh, was what well, had to do with mining uh, but it was uh, cloud-based mining. So rather than, you know, getting your own machine and right. doing mining here, it's just paying someone to uh, host a mining deal for you. So mm-hmm. it looks like there may be some, that would be another avenue to do some yeah. passing from, but okay. I just, just barely scratched the surface today and then I had to go mm-hmm. do some other stuff. So I didn't get sure. into that. You got so. a prep center. We even talk about the prep center. Are you, I know oh, you, yeah. you try to keep it small, but do you have um, do you, people listening? Uh, some of them want prep centers. Do you have room uh, for more or? Um, maybe. Okay. Um, it would depend on how big they are, uh, okay. especially now that we're in September. Uh, if, if you have a need, contact me and okay. let's talk about it because I, probably can squeeze maybe one or two in okay. we're we're definitely in crunch time now and you yeah. know not knowing exactly how many people are going to be sending more stuff because every client you know of course ramps up in q4 yeah uh, but we've, we've had a couple of clients drop off because of whatever reason so yeah. okay. i may have a spot or two sure um so yeah no problem holler at me i can't promise you but yeah for yeah. sure okay yeah. Cool. Last question. What advice would you give for people that are, you know, listening to to build the business? Like where, you know, where you have it, they're thinking, man, I I just lost my job or I feel like I'm about to, or I'm scared I'm going to. And, um, I want to be where Travis is. Um, Um, so first thing I'd say is it's okay to be scared. If if you're not scared, I'd be more worried. Um, (laughs) (laughs) if that didn't scare you, 
I would be a little bit more concerned because, uh, granted, the day the day that I got walked out was probably the most stress relieving day I've had in a long time uh, because of just the environment that I was in was was just really difficult. Mm. Uh, but it's okay to be scared. Um, yeah. Use that as energy to figure out what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, and explore, you know, just take take a day or two mentally to just, you know, relax and process and go, you know, do something else. Go get a massage or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, and speaking of which, uh, it's we're about ready to go into Q4. It'd be a great time to go get a massage. Before That's right. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, if, if you're, you know, maybe you're not in the position that I am uh, where you you've got a safety net or maybe you're not losing your job, but you're just not happy or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't be afraid to take some action. This, yeah. this is not something that you have to jump, you know, feet first into, um, dip your toe into it. You know, Ryan obviously has plenty of, uh, of avenues to try that with. He's got plenty of ways that he can help you, whether it's, you know, finding someone who can coach you or mentor you or having VAs that can help you or joining a group like Legends or, you know, uh, My Silent Team or whatever it is. There's there's tons and tons of resources out there yes. and tons of resources that don't, that don't cost a penny. There's yeah. there's so much free information. And I and I know Ryan's heart and he knows mine. We know so many other people that would be so willing to help somebody just mm -hmm. kind of get started if that's all it was at yes. no cost. So, yes. you know, don't feel like, well, I don't, I can't start a business. because I don't have any money. This, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard Jim talk about people who started with like 500 bucks or 200 yeah. bucks or just starting with the items around their house, whatever that is, mm -hmm. start somewhere. Yes. So uh, you don't, you don't have to have this huge chunk of money to get started. In fact, it's probably better if you don't, because you'll be tempted to jump into something crazy like, you know, buying some big pallet of junk <laughs> stock in a cell or, right. you know, jump the private label like somebody else did one day, uh, <laughs> drop $3,000 on a bunch of balloons that he can't sell. Oh, my gosh. So um, it might actually be better if you don't have a whole lot. Of money That's true, because it makes you smarter. You make better decisions. It makes you more cautious. And yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Great advice. Travis, I don't, I don't know, know if that was good or not. But no, that's great. That's good stuff. I love hearing all the different advice people say. Thank you so much for all you do. Thanks for your friendship. Thanks for being a part of the Legends group. and Absolutely. For doing this podcast with me, man. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Anytime you want me to come on, I'll be happy to absolutely. talk about whatever. Awesome. I, I didn't even talk about tacos tonight. So. I know. I know. That's right. <laughs> we, did, we didn't talk about tacos. That's your favorite, favorite food. Yeah, we can talk about tacos tonight. Sounds good. All right. Thank you, sir. Yep. You bet. Thanks, Ryan. Bye-bye, everyone. See you next week.